Welcome to I'm Screaming, a podcast for anyone who's ever felt like shamelessly screaming at the top of their lungs over a moment in pop culture. Because sometimes pop culture can be scary and you just gotta let it out. Let's scream about it together. Hello, Megan. Hello, Giselle. Clink. Clink. Even though it's not an alcoholic beverage yet, it's a bubbly sponsor. We're being responsible, girls, because it <laughs> is only 5.30. Yes. Um, and um, we're having a survivor bash tonight. I know. I'm so excited. We are the finale. in person. We haven't been in person, in person in so long. Literally years. Also, can I can I just say? You can say anything. Happy three-year anniversary. Ah, uh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God we, we're here. <laughs> we missed it. We were busy girls. We were... We were. Work, you know, we are working women. We are business ladies. And yeah. like, it's it's hard when you have so many people wanting things from you at all times. So we did miss our anniversary, but we're celebrating it today. We are. And we're back. And we're we back. have so much to talk about. So much. So much to catch up on. Um, and it's going to be manic, I feel like. It's I'm definitely so going to be manic, but I'm so fucking happy to be back with you in this living room recording. I know. Um, yeah, as Meg said, in your late 20s, life just comes at you, and it's very swift, and it's unrelenting. Unrelen- yes. Yes. Come on, vocabulary. Okay. Uh, but we're happy to be back, and, I mean, there's so much that's happened. I feel like we've done our homework. Like, there, the major things that have happened, like, we have seen. Oh, absolutely. Which and, I'm proud and of. And even if it ha- only happened yesterday. We've done it. We've done it. Yeah. Should we begin there? As in, we saw Guardians of the Motherfucking yeah, Galaxy I mean, Volume 3. Volume 3. Last night. There's there's so much to speak about when it comes to this film. And <laughs> it makes me actually emotional because, like, as the people who are listening, you've listened. You know that Meg and I have had such a tumultuous relationship with Marvel over the last year, honestly. Two years. Yeah. Um, and when I say... That throughout the full, what, two and a half hours of that movie, it made me remember why I love Marvel so much. Like, Absolutely. Giselle turned to me about 20 minutes in and she was like, not this being the best thing for Mar- better than anything we've seen in the last like year and a half. Anything. Like it literally is the best thing that's come out since Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And that was... And dare I say... WandaVision? Well, I think... Spider-Man obviously was just this iconic moment and the this was bringing back of the three of them. I think if you break it down as a movie, Guardians is probably oh, better. Oh, absolutely. But agree. it's the gut punch of Spider-Man and the anticipation yeah. of like the other two Spider-Men and, and the iconacity of that, right? Um, that makes that movie so good. But I really do think, I mean, like, James motherfucking good. No, I mean, it's so funny that, like, what's saving Kevin Feige is maybe going to be his absolute downfall. Yes, because like, he's literally saying, bye, Marvel, I'm going to... Run DC. Run DC. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, but it is just so... And, and I think something that this has in common with Spider-Man is this is the third movie in a trilogy all directed by the same director, yeah. obviously with input from Marvel, but also like the larger Marvel universe, but also it does just feel like James Gunn had his hand in every inch of that movie. And I think that that's like so good. And like, I think he had full control and creative vision over it. And I think like it just made for a really cohesive, really well done Marvel movie. Yeah, totally. And it's just like, the way that the Guardians have 
funneled into the entire MCU, like the big bad Gamora. Like yeah. obviously, like Gamora's father is Thanos. Yeah, like yeah. Nebula's father is Thanos. So like they're so instrumental in the main story of the full like first arc because like you know, yeah, they're dad. But then even the way that like they have been a part of just like the following, like even their little bit in fucking Thor was the best part of Thor, oh honestly. My God, yeah. And then the fucking holiday special that was stupid, but but was entertaining and made sense and, and f- in funneled into this. Yeah. Like, it is just something that I have not seen done, honestly, in the entire MCU yet. They really just stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. And the characters developed. You feel for them. Meg and I were, when I say. Violently sobbing. I didn't. I literally started crying at maybe minute 18 and did not stop crying until the full end of the movie. Like, I was crying. I was happy crying. I was sad crying. I was laughing. Like, I I feel like, like I'm giving it too much, but I actually don't think I'm giving it too much. Like, it was no. probably one of the best Marvel movies that has ever come out. I'm not fucking lying. Also, what I will say, has one of the, I think, best fight scenes in the MCU. Oh my God, it was that so good. That fight scene yeah. to uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yeah. Just yeah. so iconic. Obviously, the soundtrack with Guardians of the Galaxy has always been one of its defining qualities, one of the best things about it. And I just think, like, they up the ante, like, every time. And, I mean, dog days are over. Absolutely. Oh. I, I will never listen to it the same way. Um but yeah, the character development, you think about it, like there are moments that hit you. And I think that's what we always want from Marvel is to kind of be watching a story unfold and then in the moment be like, oh my God, right. Because they are like, they did this. And it's like when we were thinking about like when, cause obviously, I mean, the whole movie kind of revolves around like Rocket being in dire straits, like kind of like very ill and the guardians are trying to save him. And there's a moment where you see Nebula, like feel really emotional about rocket. And it's like, if, if you weren't, if you hadn't watched the entire MCU, right? Like you think back, back to Endgame, they were the only two guardians that survived the snap. So they spent five years together, just the two of them. So of course they have a special relationship. It's like, and when Giselle and I kind of realized that we were like, Oh my God, like that makes that moment even more special. Um, and I also just think everyone's giving good performances. Unfortunately, Chris Pratt looked so fucking no, good in this like, movie. No, it was like actually upsetting. Like I wasn't really? gonna say it, but then Meg said it, and then I was like, "Thank God she said it." I, I had was to thinking say it. it. I, I was thinking to, it. I was thinking it. We have to be honest. We have to be honest. And he's also good in this role. He always has. He been. is. And so I think everyone's giving like a really good performance. You can just tell like all these actors are like really like have good chemistry and like Yeah, and I think James Gunn, which once again we love, like He's like their dad. I know. And he just like didn't give in. Like we've said this, like we hate sometimes, like we love it as fans, but mostly we hate it when people give in to fan service. Oh my god. And like I'm so fucking happy they didn't have Gamora and like um, Peter end up together. End up together. Oh like, my god! I'm so it's happy so... they didn't do that. And 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 but but we still got the like strained but also loving relationship between like Nebula and Gamora. But then also like he, they did it in a way where they're not together, but you still see that like they're always gonna love each There's other in this bond. weird way. Yes, yeah. like it was just like so well done. And the, oh my god, it was so well done. And I it's can't. just I was reading about it like. It's so interesting how, like, the whole movie kind of revolves around. It's like Rocket's movie. Yeah. Which is a CGI raccoon and Bradley Cooper. Come on, Bradley Cooper. Check. Bradley Cooper giving one of the Me best voice out performances of, of a generation. Always. Um, but, yeah, just truly, like, that character isn't 
a huge popular comic book character. Like, he doesn't appear a lot until, like, they revamped the Guardians of the Galaxy in the last, like, 20 years in the comics. And obviously, James Gunn just, like, saw something in him, and that could literally be such a flop, and that could literally fail if we didn't connect with this character. Mm -hmm. And it's, like... And they've built that for so long. Like, it all was so intentional. Right. And always, like, everyone always wonder, okay, like, you know, Rocket's been, like, have been through it in the past. Um, And sometimes origin stories can really fail because they, you know, they go for, like, the Easter eggs and stuff like that. But I just thought it was, like really seamless really good interesting like like it didn't follow it obviously follows like the superhero formula but i do think we got like some interesting new stuff that like we don't often like the guardians movies are just about the guardians like it's always so like that's it's just always so good even the second one like being about peter's back like his backstory like that was great understand meeting mantis like all of that like it's just and even, like, the relationships between the characters, like, they, how they're a family. Like, you know, out of any superhero genre, I love ragtag teams of misfits. Found family. I love it's found family. Trope. It's my favorite fucking trope from <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. In DC World to this. Like, I just love a found family. So, like, this is why the Guardians are so special to me. And also the movies are just excellent. Excellent! Yeah, it's all three excellent. of them. All three of them good. Excellent. Just a great trilogy and, like... What a way to wrap it up! And I'm so sad. I know, but I mean, Star Lord like, will fucking it's like be the back. The only one we get is that like Star Lord will be back. But I do think we'll see. Some, again, I said to you, I think like once we get to this like end game level movie, whenever that may be, because obviously you know we still have to deal with the whole recasting Jonathan Majors thing if that's the way they're going. <laughs> and I think all those movies are going to get pushed back, which I think is good. Um, I think we'll see some of these people pop up again as like little cameos. But um, what I was thinking about on the subway home ride home last night after we were talking about Star Lord will return. He is a celest- half celestial because his oh, dad yeah. was ego the planet. So guess the who Eternals. it ties into? Eternals. My watch listening to me. Oh, <laughs> um, like, like elementals. Yeah, I mean, real we've got a, <laughs> we've got a lot of work to do. Kevin's got a lot. Of work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, I have hope. I agree. I have hope. Because Secret Invasion looks good. The Marvels looks fun. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to things that feel a little less... Random? Random. Also, like, my characters that I care about. Yeah. Like, I care about Nick Fury. I care about Miss Marvel. Yeah. Like... I didn't need Thor 4. No one needed Thor 4. I'm sorry. I know we needed Ant-Man because we got introduced to Jonathan Majors, but now we're not probably going to have that, so it's yeah. just all feeling a bit... Well, Ant-Man was terrible. Ant-Man was bad. Now that, now that I can... Now that I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with my two eyes, Ant-Man was bad. Terrible bad. Bad. Not as bad as Thor. Jonathan Majors was the only redeeming quality about that movie, and now that's ruined, too. Yeah. So, it's bad. <laughs> and I famously liked the second Ant-Man, but the... Oh, my God. I like both the first Ant-Mans, but yeah. they, you know what? They didn't bring back Luis or whatever, so like, that that kind of killed it for me. Yeah, no. But we, we loved, as you can tell from our review... A, a passionate review that we haven't had about a Marvel film in a really long yeah, time. Which feels so good. It feels cathartic. Uh, so, James Gunn, you did it once Thank again. You. Thank you for a great film. Kevin, Love you. figure it out. 
<laughs> Please. Get to work, babe. Um, okay, another thing that left us passionate, I feel, left the internet and the world very passionate. Left us in tears a little bit. Yeah, oh my god. Left I me really in. didn't think I sobbed. This, I did not think this was going to take have the chokehold it had on the internet, but sometimes... I will I stand with you between the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Do you love me? <sighs> We're talking uh, about Bridgerton, Queen, Queen Charlotte. Charlotte. I mean, I, obsessed, of course. Shonda, excellent. Shonda is a visionary. Shonda knows exactly what we're gonna do. She's gonna give us a diverse human, usually a lady yeah. and a white man, and we're gonna fucking love them. <laughs> and it's gonna be amazing. And the man is gonna be flawed as hell, and Loki's the lady is too. But we're gonna have monologues, and we're gonna have just hot people, love professions. Um, and also these two actors just have Corey I know, they're and amazing. India, right? Yeah. Um, the most insane chemistry I think I've ever, no, I've ever so seen, good. um, in their interviews and stuff. And like, he has a girlfriend, it's not ha- like they're friends, but everyone on the internet is holding out hope. Um, they talked about their chemistry. They're like, we don't even know where it comes from, but like, we do have insane chemistry. Yeah. Like we know this. Some, so. It's, it's chemical. It's chemical. They don't know where it comes from. I know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, guess, I ate it up. Yeah. It, it, was it the best thing I've ever seen in my life? No. I still prefer season two of Bridgerton, but that just had me in I finished that also, by the way. Choke, choke. You remember what the chokehold yeah. that had me in. I watched it like three times in a month. Um, but I think it was like lovely, and I think their chemistry was great, and I love the little side story with Brimsley. and Yeah. Lady Danbury. Um, Lady Danbury. And I kind of dug the whole uh, Violet, Lady Danbury, like, Me in too. the present. Me like, too. I liked that. Like, I liked that it, that tied it back also to the Bridgerton world. I didn't care as much about Queen Charlotte trying to get an heir. But that's very iconic because the heir that is born then is Queen Victoria. Yeah. So, like, very iconic, very cool. We get it. Like, queens. We love queens. We love queens. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. But, I, I mean, it... I think I told just all this. But, like, three nights in a row, I fell asleep watching the last episode because I was just, like, so tired and couldn't... Not that I didn't wasn't invested, but I kept waking up, like halfway where my Netflix would be halfway through Bridgerton season one yeah. because it would just keep <laughs> yeah. restarting Bridgerton. Um, so got to see some cheeky reggae Jean Page like in the middle of the night oh, at one God, point. That needs a rewatch. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a delight. I loved, I loved that it took over the internet because I'm famously, me. famously a Bridgerton stan, famously yes. a period piece stan. Will love to get as many seasons of Bridgerton, as many spinoffs of Bridgerton as humanly possible, to be perfectly so, honest. So, Shonda and the woman, the Bridgerton author, Julia Quinn, wrote this book. Like, they wrote a book together that is like even more than the show or just the show in a book form. I don't know. I haven't read that one. Okay. I've read all the Bridgerton siblings' books except for Gregory, who's the youngest, because I just got bored. So, I stopped reading them. Right. Because they're all the same. Right. I mean, I'm very intrigued to see in the show, like, I I mean, they're giving us more of Benedict. So, like, I feel like after Colin, maybe we'll get him or the other, other girl. What's her name? I don't know. What's like, the, what's the? Francesca. Oh, Eloise. Eloise. Well, the Those are the only two that we've order, met, really. Well, Francesca got recast oh. for this season. 
this girl got recast as Francesca, but um, the girl who w- was playing Francesca, who was like never in it because she was in other Netflix shows, she was in that Netflix show that just got canceled that everyone was upset about. It was like a sci-fi show. Oh. I can't remember the name of it. But <laughs> she left Bridgerton and a main, potential main role in Bridgerton for that um, show that got canceled. That yeah. But Francesca's going to be like the diamond of the season, I think this season, this upcoming season on Bridgerton. Oh, like okay. She's going to be like the new girl on the block. Because so, she's been gone. Well, she was, like, in Scotland with their aunt or whatever. Yeah. But it was because they couldn't ha- get the actress. But also because in those first couple of books, Francesca is irrelevant. Like, right. the younger siblings are, like, you yeah. know, it's focused on, like, they're very simple books. They're, it's not giving, like, a ton of, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the order of the books is, like, Daphne, Anthony, which we've gotten. Then it's... Benedict. Right, he's older than Colin. But we're skipping, yeah, but we're skipping Benedict, which some Bridgerton stands. We're not getting him at all. We're upset. Well, no, we're skipping him, like, he's not getting, his, his season isn't the next season. Right, 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 okay, okay, okay. I think they need to figure out what to do about that, because it's, I know, it's his very... story is a bit, and if, and I mean, as, as Shonda's want to do, if they cast a woman of color, they have to change the narrative of the book. What's the narrative? Because it's like a Cinderella story situation. Oh, uh, like rags story, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a bit, there's a bit of like, where it would be weird and okay. it would be like not good. Like there she would like be a slave or something. Not a slave, but like she's kind of like, <laughs> like a, a servant got and it, like got it, got his it. servant. Then oh, okay. and it's like got yeah. it, got it. So I think it's giving it's, slave play. It's giving, it's giving like it could cast be, It's giving it could be problematic, but got I trust it. Shonda obviously to like pivot it. But yes, yeah, so we're getting call and then it's Colin and Penelope. Colin and Penelope. Do they end up in the books together yeah. or is it just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Oh. The, the book readers are obsessed with pollen. Okay. P-O-L-I-N. I mean, I, I'm excited. I feel no, like... No, I'm excited too. I think we're going to get it before the end of the year. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for... What's her name? The girl? Like the actual girl's name? Nicola Coughlin. Yeah, I love her. Yes, we love her. Dairy Girl. Excited about that. Excited about, you know, hopefully seeing more Kate and Anthony. I know. That's the one thing about season two is that... and and I agreed with a lot of people on the internet about this, is that they, like, there was too much side, there was too, too many side plots, there's too much going on, and that we didn't get to focus on the two of them, because, again, they have some of the most insane chemistry yeah. I've ever seen. Like, how dare Jonathan Bailey as a gay man I know. do that? I know. I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's actually unbelievable. Um, but, yeah. But, but, yeah, Bridgerton, back in, back in the, back at the forefront of our, all of our minds. I know. Somehow, already. Um, uh, I love it. Continuing on in the hopes of being uh, America's next or Britain's next top queen. Oh my gosh! Um, I am continuing to watch The Crown. I have left uh, Tim in the dust, and I have continued to watch it. Um, I am about to be on season four. Just some quick notes that I told Meg twice because one time I told her and I was drunk. Um, I know we hate Prince Philip, but yeah. like, like, and as a human, but like, they they edit him. In season three, well. Oh, yeah. Like, Tobias Menzies is giving me acting. He's giving me, like, okay, endearing. Yeah. And Matt Smith had moments of that, but he was just too young and annoying to, like, yeah. me to, like, that character. Yeah. And um, he was in his era when he was cheating on her, so, like, it was, like, Exactly. We like, we yeah. hate him. And now he, like, loves her, and yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so that, we have Miss Olivia Coleman, um, who I love. I feel like I'm still, like, Missing Claire Foy, but I Claire think Claire Foy is the she was the she one. was amazing. I mean, but also I'm feeling like I'm missing Vanessa Kirby. Oh yeah, absolutely. This She's I feel like the, like their transition from like Vanessa Kirby's Margaret to like uh, Helen Helena. Helena 
her their Margaret. They're not the same Margaret to me. No. Like Margaret, she like Helena. Is that her name? Helena Bonham. Helena Bonham Carter is playing her too like loud. Yeah, I don't know. Like I could see that. And like I um, love Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby just got so much good stuff to do though. Yeah, she did. And like Matthew Good. Yeah. Like. Yeah, nothing will ever. I feel like nothing will ever top those first two seasons of The Crown. It was just. So it was good. so good, and I mean, what was great about season three and season four is that obviously you have Olivia Coleman in there, like fresh off her Oscar win, and like and she's amazing, and she's um, am- and that's the thing. It's like all of them are amazing, and I think they kept elevating with like the storytelling. Yeah, but they've gotten to the point now with season five, and like I'm season five is still good. Like it's still the fucking crown. Like I still binged it in like a whole weekend, but it's just. It, you as you get further away from like those early seasons, it just gets a little bit more messy. Yeah. Um. But I still think like everyone's giving a good performance. Right. So it's it's still like I'm excited to continue. I I will be aligned with the final season, ready to watch with so everyone excited, else. So happy. Um. But loving the crown. Loving the crown. That's um, all I wanted to say. I'm caught up I mean, on the crown. Well, not caught up, but I'm getting congrats caught up. Congrats to King Charles. Congrats. That happens while we were off. I know that's also a thing. Like. They're kind of trying to redeem him, but not because he he sucks too. I know. Season three, he's like not as shitty because he's like you know does that thing for the whales, and then he's like meeting Camila, and he's like in love with her, and we're like okay, yes, but I know what's gonna happen next season. We're gonna meet fucking Diana, and it's gonna get bad. No, see, oh, but then season four is so good because they're so good together, like Josh O'Connor and Emma Corrin, like not. Yeah, you know, for Charles and Diana, like famously not good together. Um, but these two are giving <laughs> acting. Yes, um, but yeah, wait until you get to season five and it's Dominic West who's Prince Charles and they do the whole Princess Trust thing, which is like his big charity. Yeah, and it's like you know, it does it does like in a lot of ways paint him in a good light. Like he has done good with that, right? But I just think like they're trying to what like, they're oh, they... showing in season three and season four or season three at least is how he like never had a chance. Yeah, to have like humanity, basically. right? And then we're then we're talking about the man who like also was like a Nazi apologizer. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, but then they're like, but he wanted love, and he would have been a great king. And I was like, oh my god, no. so much is happening. Oh yeah, Wallace. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Well, then like, she's Harry's, like, don't trust your family. Well, then it's like Harry's right, right, doing, which is like low key true. Him, but not in the Nazi way. Yeah. Yikes. Did you see that though? How Harry and Meghan were in New York last week, and their cars were like chased by paparazzi. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And it was like, yeah, I mean. Like, let them fucking live, please. I they Stay safe, Harry and Meghan. Please. I know. Please, I beg. And those beautiful babies. Um, anyway, so happy you're watching The Crown. So happy that you're enjoying it. Um, yeah. Um, what else do we have on here? We said that we're here at mine gathering um, and have many more friends joining us uh, to watch the Survivor finale tonight. But this has just been a great season of Survivor. It's been an amazing season, um, I think. I think kind from, of from the recent ones, I guess. Yes, it's been it's been really good. There's just like so many good characters: Carolyn, Jam Jam, Carson, even Danny, like <laughs> Franny Literally. and Matt, like um, even Kane. I feel like I'm yeah. reading a lot about Kane. He's on the jury, and like all the jurors are like, Kane's the best. Like he's so fun. He's so cool. Whatever. So it just. Um, and I'm eager to see what happens tonight. Lauren right making now. it to the final five. How? <laughs> I, I like Lauren, but she's also one of those characters that's kind of like, eh, to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like she won immunity she, twice, though. Good for her. She has tweeted that like she didn't 
she's not getting edited the way that like she would want to be edited Got it. and I absolutely can see that like I see there's moments where she's like strategizing and I'm like okay well like why are people other people getting credit for this right group? but unfortunately like Carson Carolyn and Jam Jam have run this game and like if you think about it like from the, the, three, from, the, from the merge feast or whatever it was when Car- Carolyn and Carson were there they are the only two left from that table and remember at the at the Carolyn was talking about how like so-and-so doesn't have, Josh doesn't have an idol. Yeah. And she was like, and Brandon and Danny are literally, blah, blah, blah. And no one was listening No one to listens to Carolyn. And guess what? All of them are fucking gone. All of them went home. Except for Carson. All of them Even went Carson fucking home. Carson didn't take her seriously until, no. until that moment until she, she pulled out the idol. How convenient. And now he's like, oh, yeah. Carolyn, we love you. He, he, he. My bitch has been regulating the game and people have been haters. <laughs> haters. Haters. I would love to see her win. I don't know if it's going to happen. I kind of, oh, who do you predict? Jam Jam. I know, me too. If he can make it to the final three, I mean, he's been winning immunities, so. and also he's his edit has been good because every time, every week he's like, he said if that to fucking. You put, if you put my name down, you you're go. going home, Jamie. If you put my name down, you're going home. But Jamie went home. Thank God. That was so nerve wracking. I was so. Scared. I was fucking stressed. I was so scared when I thought that Carolyn was going. I was like, not today, bitch. I, I'm like the producers had to be like, I swear to God, if you send Carolyn home, <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting the million. Um, but. Yes, just so. Also, exciting. Heidi. I mean, like, I know people don't really care about Heidi, but I like Heidi. I feel like Heidi. No, me has, too. She plays the idol, which I know she like had to basically, but she, people think she is the other one. Keep tonight. Really? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, if you're not watching Survivor, you should be. All the seasons are on Paramount Plus. It's the best show ever created. It's very fun. Um, just incredible television, and I mean, last week I had the privilege, the joy, the honor on Wednesday night to watch Survivor's penultimate episode of the season and then go right into the most the most iconic episode of reality television I've ever seen. Oh, for which uh, is Scandaval. It's so funny the way that uh Vanderpump Rules has just taken over the world. They were all like they weren't filming. Do you know they weren't filming the next season because they didn't think they were going to pick them up for another season? That's and why now they have. had to like. That's why they had to like cut, get the cameras out, dead ass. Like literally, like they had to like <laughs> rush to the houses because they weren't filming for the show. And now all of these Vanderpump stars are like the hottest commodity in the world. They have that Uber one, right? Uber one is good as gold. It's, it's like crazy, unbelievable. And I've never really been a Bravo girl, right? Like I'm a Summer House person, which like has really frustrated me this season, but. I swear to God, Wednesday, I sat here, my jaw unhinged watching this, watching this man, Tom Sandoval, be caught cheating and try to blame it on his, his girlfriend of nine years because she didn't, she didn't check his phone. She didn't follow him. She didn't like check his location. He literally said that. He literally said, I mean, why didn't she, why wasn't she suspicious? Like, why didn't she? Like he's saying that she should have known that he was cheating on her. Yes. He was trying to. Blame it on her. The level of gaslighting, the absolute trash oh, no. male behavior on display is just beyond beyond comprehension almost, but also very comprehensible. Um, and just like some of these scenes that they had in the aftermath of this coming out, like Emmys, Emmys, <laughs> Emmys for these people. Like, I'm screaming. Just so good. And I mean, Andy Cohen, bravo. Bravo, Andy, Andy Cohen, Cohen. Bravo, just genius, genius. Andy Cohen, you will always be famous. Always be famous. Always be famous. Also, annoyingly, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I was listening. I'm not done, but I started listening Lost to the Lost Gold yeah. episode. Anyway, 
I mean, I can't even get into the Scandaval, and I don't even think either of us are very qualified to, like, talk about the I know, details, but maybe I fucking need to be. But calm. it is really, if you haven't tuned in, if you are, there are other podcasts out there, not to tell you to listen, that will actually tell but you that actually that. will give you, like, very good recaps that I've been listening to, to kind of get context for this nine-year relationship that has come to an end. But literally, Ariana now, the people's princess, literally right. getting... Um, call her daddy on the Today Show on um, on uh, the View. Jesus, they literally the she sat in the middle of the table with the ladies from the View and they interviewed her for like just craziness. And they were like, "You, you will always be famous. you will always be famous." And Raquel slash Rachel is in a facility somewhere apparently, and now her and Tom have broken up already. Right, I did see that. It's- just. Just some of the most shocking television I've ever seen. Like the two of them meeting. It's hard to be shocking. And her just and her just grinning from ear to ear on camera with like this man and being like, like it was insane to watch her just like giggling and like thinking that this is okay. She was best friends with Ariana. And there were scenes from previous weeks where she was like, so like you and Tom, like what's going on there? Like trying to figure out where and Ariana's like, well, he's my partner of nine years. Like what? Just, but the way that woman eviscerated him when they sat down, she said, I want you to hear this from me, the woman who has stood by you for nine years. You got your little bar, you got your little band, you got a little money, and I want you to know you are nothing. And that <laughs> is coming from a wo- the woman who has stood by you for nine years. I love that. It was chilling. It was iconic. It was amazing. Come on, you are nothing. It was stunning. I love Ooh, stunning. that. Ooh, stunning. Ooh, stunning. Um, what else do we have on here? Well, I mean, we have a couple of pop queens to talk about. Yeah, we do. Music queens. Um, First and foremost. Yes. Beyonce, just on those Carter, has <laughs> taken Europe by and storm. by storm. It is the only thing on my TikTok feed as of late, which I love. And I know she looks amazing. The vocals are eating. We have to go. She's being styled by Shinoa Torini, who is someone that I have loved and followed for years and years and years and years, just as like an idol in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly been so fucking cool to see Shiona's uh, journey through everything. Like it's so cool doing like, you know, editor stuff to then styling to then doing like, uh, Queen and Slim to a Solange oh music my God, video. That. Yeah, like she's just done so, so to, to styling Daniel Kaluuya, oh my to God. styling Letitia Wright. Yeah, true. Um, and now fucking Beyonce. Like it's the fucking cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce has been looking great. Like the thing about Beyonce, I'm going to be real, as a fucking Beehive member, Beyonce is never at the cutting edge of fashion, I would say, <laughs> but. She has been recently. She has, she has her own personal style. She does. It say. is absolutely her own personal style. Specific. But, like, she has been doing the, like, main things of the designers and, like, making them her own. Like, the the jumpsuit or the, yeah, the jumpsuit with the hands, which is Loewe, like, and another Loewe piece. Oh, my God. The like, jumpsuit with the hands. So good. Literally so fucking good. so good. It's today. I mean, like, let's give a fucking round of applause for Brandon Blackwood, who is, like, a young black a designer like he started off doing like handbags and shoes and he's starting to do ready to wear and like he's been styling some celebrities on red carpets like Shirley Ralph once but like 
on Beyonce's opening look last night, I believe, he she wore a full custom Brandon Blackwood outfit. Like That's that so is awesome. fucking crazy. And like, congrats to like him and also just like thank you to Shinoa and Beyonce for like platforming these young black designers. We love that. Obviously, she can wear Lueve and Givenchy and like all the people, and like it's gonna be amazing. But like to have someone like Brandon Blackwood is lit. So um yeah, I mean she looks amazing. The fucking remixes of everything. Like Beyonce, it's just unfucking matched. Like it's the vocals are gonna fucking eat. She's gonna give you a show. She has like actual ballroom legends that are performing with her. Honey Balenciaga, we love to see it. The twins are back, twins are which back. we love. Yeah, it's only gonna get better. She also just looks so She's joyful. She's fucking beautiful. It's literally. She's it's back like, on Instagram. It's, like thank God. It's contagious when to smile when you're like watching these clips. Yeah, yeah. The moment and the moment when like the, the like Vogue section yes. that she does, and when she's like walking around with her dancers, and then they all start going at the same yes. time. It's like literally just so joyous. And when she comes up with the <laughs> the beehive, oh my god, started. she's like, "Where's my beehive at?" And the swarm like, references. So good. No, it's like she's fucking born, born to perform, and that is what we are missing these days. I believe in performers is someone who like Beyonce's really calculated, mm-hmm. but like also she's so calculated to the point where like she's calculated like fan interactions. Yeah, like people don't do that these days. People are bad at it. The clips of people cheering for Julius, the bodyguard, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, I know. Why are you cheering for him? What the fuck? So funny. So funny. And I mean, like. Beyonce's impact is just so iconic and we don't even realize it and we don't even acknowledge it in like such small but like truly like Halle Bailey being the fucking moment right now no that's Beyonce's impact right impact, there literally. right also, and like obviously God. and I mean I Halle Bailey is so talented so beautiful this whole Little Mermaid press tour even if the movie sucks I've seen has it. been it. has been like so wonderful Enjoy. to watch Enjoy. again like another like we love these co-stars that have the chemistry right like and yeah, I, I just, I'm, I, we have to go to the Renaissance. We have to. We have to. to. We will be there. Don't you worry. We'll be seated. We will be talking to you in months' time and saying I how iconic it was. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, okay. On to the next pop pop queen <laughs> that has, I mean, one, also, it's, it's, it's an even There's split. There's so much, It's actually. an even split between Beyonce and, and Taylor at this point. Yeah. I've been like, who's taking over TikTok feeds, but. There has been so much, though, with her since the last time we recorded, because, Congratulations, Giselle. Speak now, Taylor's version. Imminent. Uh, it's coming. July 9th. She is coming. July 7th, sorry. It um, is coming. She is coming, and I will listen. And I will listen. It's going to be iconic. I will listen. Absolutely. The new cover is really good. I will, you know, I'm in, I'm in a very peaceful place with Taylor Swift yeah. as of late. Even though she's causing Even though she, so but, but much I am, chaos. I am such a removed from the chaos that I can listen to speak now in such peace and and it's joy. I'm so happy for you. I think what's been on display on the internet for the past couple weeks and I do not want to get too deep into it is the worst parts as we have talked about on this podcast endlessly and forever of parasocial relationships and that has manifested itself in people writing a petition to get Taylor to stop dating Maddie Healy. Um, It has resulted in people running after her car down the street, waiting for hours outside of Electric Lady downtown just to see her for literally three seconds while she walks the car. Um, And it's just resulted in some of, like, the worst shit I've ever seen. And, like, the, like, stupidest tweets, the stupidest TikToks, the faux outrage, the faux, like... 
boycott stuff. Like, I've seen people being like, I'm so done with Taylor. Like, I'm going to go to the concert because I have tickets. But, like, and it's like, bitch, like, I'm going to get mad if I, and, and I'm going to get canceled if I talk <laughs> too much about this. Like, I know it. Um, but, yeah. Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy, who would have thought? Who would have thought, but also, of course. Of course, because you know what it is? It's personally, for me, disrupting my peace. Yeah. From the moment, I mean, Giselle, if you, the last time we recorded mm-hmm. was, a, was a couple weeks ago. And what did I say to you the minute we got off mic? I said, not this sun headline that says Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy are dating. I said, that is so fake and stupid. And then, then it started growing. And then Dumois said it. And then TMZ reported it. And then people were texting me asking my opinion and I said, be serious. And then he was at 500 shows. And then he flew And was singing Shake It Off. And performed with Phoebe. And what makes me the most mad is how my credibility is shot now. No, no one, <laughs> no one could have really predicted this. This, is, this was not on the 2023 bingo card no. for anyone. And it is giving such a level of chaos. We said that she was going to fly too close to the sun. And you know yeah, what? She she's is. getting there. She's she getting, getting there. there. But also, also, my girl needs to invest in some shoes with fucking arch support. <laughs> she's out here in these New York City streets in the flattest shoes I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it hurts my arches to watch. And those fucking Hermes Oran sandals. Literally, the $900 no row slipper. Literally. Like, I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Goodbye. Wear sneakers. Literally, can you be any more less But relatable? also, that's what happens when you get driven to Electric Lady and you just have to walk in right. three feet. Um, but, yes. I mean, ta- listen, I say this as someone who is literally imminently attending the Eros tour. Right. Which I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. I can't, I don't know what to fucking do with myself. But two things can be true at the same time. She can be pissing me the fuck off a little bit. And also, I can be so excited. Um, Because also then today, the most fucking random thing of all time. It was very random. I was like, what? This is New version of Midnight's coming, featuring more Lana Del Rey on Snow on the Beach. Which, like... Some bonus tracks. And Karma, featuring Ice Spice. It's just chaos to me. I can't wait to hear her verse. Oh, my God. Ice Spice is the moment. I have to say, Ice Spice is the moment. Have I done a ton to understand who Ice Spice is? No. The thing about Ice Spice is that actually, like, Ice Spice is giving... We like her. No, we do. But, like, it's funny because, so, uh, she is, like, a girly fully. Like, she she does drill rap. Like, she she starts and started in drill drill rap. Like, she's kind of getting, like, Megan Thee Stallion, whereas, like, Megan started in, like hood rap and now Megan's like a full pop person it's mm-hmm. kind of like what Ice Spice is giving like she started in drill rap but now she's like obviously she's on a Taylor Swift track she, so. yeah she's like gonna <laughs> have a song with Taylor Swift um but she like fully like we've seen her like uh yearbooks like giving like straight hair uniform moments like she's just kind of like a girly who like yeah. I think, you know, loves rap and, like, whatever. Like, it's giving me LaGuardia High School, but, like, not LaGuardia High School. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that reference yeah. so much. So, 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 once again, like, giving Nikki. Like, yeah. Nikki went to LaGuardia High School. People don't fucking forget. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I Spice is a girl. Like, she loves 1975, LOL. Uh, <laughs> so, I think we're going to see. She fucking went to the Met Gala. Like, we're going to see a lot more of her. She's on the Megan The Stallion track. Um, very interested, interested to see. Which is a track with Nikki right now. Princess yeah. Diana, right? Princess Diana. Yeah. 
I love her. I said I loved Ice Spice no, I think... since uh, In My Herner Mood and all the other shit that she was, before the Pink Panther I've been song. absolutely aware of her. It's just more like, have I done my due diligence, my research? Absolutely not. So now I'll have to. Yeah, now you have to. Good for iSpice, honestly. This is to me, this is a congratulations to iSpice. Oh, absolutely. She's about to have a number one song. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because Taylor Swift wants Carmen to go number one. Yeah. And we want that because Morgan Wallen currently is number one. And right. we hate him. He's a bad person. Anyway, I'm sure there will be more fucking discourse about Taylor, Maddie, iSpice, anyone in the vicinity, Gigi Hadid, Leonardo DiCaprio, every single Blake Lively, Phoebe Bridgers, Bo Burnham being exposed as a couple in the background <laughs> of Keith Urban's uh, TikTok in the VIP tent at the Eras tour. I mean, what fresh hell am I in store for this weekend? I have absolutely no I idea. Um, she's already disrespected me by playing I Think He Knows on Sunday night to two shows before I'm going. It's literally the most disrespected I've ever felt. Has in my she life. played one over again yet? Like, has she done double? No, she's only said that if she messes it up or if it's a song from Midnight, she'll do it again. Got it. But she has so many songs to do. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, can't can't avoid her. She is everywhere. She's imminent. She is Icarus. I hope she maybe, you know, hard pivots left before yeah. she hits the sun. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll be here to report on it. We'll be watching. We'll be watching. And then finally, on a sad note, uh, Tina Turner passed away today, which is very sad. And just like, we hope we're not going to do a huge in-depth thing, but um, Tina is a legend. She is so instrumental to music, to female empowerment, all of the above. If you haven't listened to her music recently, you should. If you haven't learned about her history, you should. She's um, iconic. And just think about her and her legacy. I was at we the gym earlier, and the best came on. Ugh. And I was like, this is such a moment. Like, no, it's like, after I'd seen the It's names. actually very And sad. I was kind of like, I shuffled this random playlist, and I was like, wow, this is this is a moment, actually. Yeah. Um, she's, she's but I was reading about, like, her last, like, the last, like, 10 years of her life. She just, like, left the United States and, like, mm-hmm. has been living in Switzerland with yeah. her, like, partner and just in this, like, beautiful mansion. As and she should. That is goals, and obviously, like, rest in peace, but, like, truly, the blueprint, like, what an icon. 83. So, so iconic. So iconic. Um, but, yeah, that's, we just had to report that breaking news today, but, uh, yeah, we we love and respect everything she's given the world and the industry, and RIP, and thoughts and prayers with her family. Absolutely. And everyone who loves her, which is also us, so. Um, okay, everyone, that was our manic. <laughs> return to the podcast after actually was weeks. was quite brisk it was brisk but we're professionals we're so, professionals you know, we can get through things and um we gushed we laughed we yelled we almost cried I'm sure and we missed something but next week we'll be we'll back with week. survivor finale <gasps> things which is imminent we'll be back with you know some other exciting things so we love you all so much thank you for being with us here today once again and most importantly love you meg love you g